Good morning, Sun Valley Church, and welcome back to The Voice of the Valley. As always, I'm your host, Jeremy Pinch, and with me today we have one of our deacons with us, and that would be Rick Erickson. Rick, how are you doing? I'm doing. You're doing. It's been a day at work, and I'm, <laughs> I'm happy to be out of it. It's been a been a hot, sweaty day at work. Yep. And you were you were done, and now you're here. So now with we me. now we have to change focus and yeah. <laughs> get our minds honed in on something more exciting. Yeah, yeah. Well, friends, we've been obviously going through astonished by God, and now we are on chapter seven, where we're talking about living the Christian life and and what it means to live the Christian life. And and Piper, as he opens this this chapter, he's using Second uh, Thessalonians as his springboard. And as as you've noticed throughout this book, if you've been following along and reading, um, he's using a passage of scripture uh, through every chapter to to springboard this idea of, of what he believes to be uh, an essential truth to the Christian life. Um, and so today, obviously, we're, we're speaking about what it means to live the Christian life. And he's using Second Thessalonians chapter 1 as his springboard. And I'll, I'll read this passage for you, and then I'm going to let uh, Rick go through these eight cru- crucial things that, that we see in this passage. So Second Thessalonians chapter 1, verses 3 through 5 and 11 through 12, and it says this, We ought always to give thanks to God for you, brothers, as is right, because your faith is growing abundantly. And the love of every one of you for one another is increasing. Therefore, we ourselves boast about you in the churches of God for your steadfastness and faith in all your persecutions and the afflictions that you are enduring. This is evidence of the righteous judgment of God that you may be considered worthy of the kingdom of God for which you are also suffering. To this end, we always pray for you that our God may make you worthy of his calling and may fulfill every resolve for good and every work of faith by his power so that the name of our Lord Jesus Christ may be glorified in you and you in him according to the grace of our God and the Lord Jesus Christ. Now Piper takes this passage, especially looking at verses 11 and 12, and he finds eight crucial things for what it means to um, live the Christian life. Rick, will you take a moment and just go through some of those and, and explain them maybe or some things that stood out to you the most? I can. Before we do that, we, I think we need to remember that uh, this is how many years of preaching yeah. of John Piper wrapped into one small little book here. Yeah. So, yeah. you know, you could go in depth in this and go for years and years and years. Um, but I think the thing that that really wasn't enlightening to me is um, just the concentrated realization that, you know, sometimes we think, oh, I'm a Christian, and if I just live my life as a Christian, I'll be a great witness for God. But sure. there's there's so much more to it than that. Sure. And what being a Christian really means is so mistaken these days. Mm. And uh, I think these are some really good things to look at here. Um, these eight things, are, I think, are very interesting. I, I listened to a, a a sermon by John MacArthur on these two verses. Hmm. And, uh, of course, it was more honed in towards prayer. And uh, there's always been a couple scriptures that I have used to pray for my kids hmm. um, in 
my desire for what I want them to be. Hmm. Um, but these are outstanding things here, so my prayers are getting longer. <laughs> um, so eight crucial things he sees here. First of all, starting with the calling of God. Um, calling to salvation, basically, like it's in Romans 8.30. And we're, we're being called into the kingdom of God to share the glory of God, as we will see just in a moment. Um, but, you know, the calling of God is more than just to be saved. Hmm. Um, the call to salvation, I think, is kind of interesting because he's actually calling us to salvation. He's not just saying you need to be saved. He wants us to be saved for a reason. Yeah. And I think many times people don't get beyond the reason of what that is. Hmm. Um, I'm saved and that's all I have to do. Well, that's not why God wanted to save you. He right. had a whole other reason for saving you and right. it was deep. Right, right. Um, so... The importance of the calling, I think, for us to realize is that um, it's more than just a, I responded to something. Um, God always actually called us. I mean, we were predestined. We were called by Him yeah. to be His children. Yeah. And if you truly are a Christian, you were called by Him to be a person who lives to glorify Him, yeah. as we've seen throughout this whole book. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, so then number two, um, being made worthy. Um, God saves the unworthy, making them worthy by his grace. And uh, it's nothing that we can do to be worthy ourselves, mm. and we see that in here. Um, mm. means being made suitable or fitting or appropriate because of the worth of another. Mm. And obviously that was the worth of Christ. Yeah. But as we go through our life... Um, we have taken on, now that we have been called and accepted his call, we have taken on a name as being a quote-unquote Christian, I suppose you could say, mm -hmm. and it is up to us to live a life that's fitting of that name, mm -hmm. to live up to what that name really means, and that is a challenge. Yeah. Yeah, I love I love the, the example he gives of the Queen of England, right? He says, I... I need to fix up this room because the queen of England is going to stay with us and the room needs to be worthy of her dignity. It needs to be fitting, suitable, appropriate. But he says she didn't decide to come because the room is inherently beautiful. The room should be made beautiful because she's coming. Mm -hmm. Just that, that picture of it's, it's not the room that she's coming to. Right. It's the room needs to be addressed because she's coming. Sure. Yeah. I mean, we hear we hear preachers every now and then say, um, "How would you feel if, at a certain moment in your life, that when you weren't thinking about your call to be a Christian or anything else, and you were having a terrible time and doing some really, probably a very sinful things? Yeah. If God walked in the room, would you be? How would you feel? Sure. Uh, yeah. <laughs> wow. <laughs> Okay, yes, yeah. time to start over, you know. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I mean, it's that simple. It's how do you you live your life every day, every moment, every thought as if Christ was right there with you and mm -hmm. you uh, wanted to be a suitable disciple mm -hmm. to follow him, that he sees you and hears your every word and everything you do. I mean, that's a challenge. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, we don't deserve the name or the title or the calling. Um but it's one God has given us. Mm -hmm. And in Ephesians 4.1, we see where they talk about 
the walk of being associated to and a child of God Almighty and being worthy of that way mm. in Colossians 1.10 as well. Um, so so there uh, we're being called, and then we're being made worthy, worthy by, by God through His Holy Spirit yeah. to be able to live that call. Yeah. So that I think that's the reassuring thing. Yeah. Uh, and then he talks about uh, the fulfillment of good resolves. And, um, of course, if, if you look up what it means to resolve, I mean, we're just talking about the things that you choose to do in life and, and the, the planning and the purpose and the intention in your life. So mm-hmm. what is your life lived for? Um, do you live your life to just fish? So, um, that's fine if you're fishing for men mm-hmm. yeah. <laughs> and, and not, you know, um, creatures in the, in the water that, that don't know any different, don't sure. have a soul. I mean, it's, it's our mission to help the soul of man yeah. see God for who he is and accept that into their life and, yeah. and realize the, the, yeah. uh, mercy and grace that's been given to them to be it the person they were created to be so um so fulfilling all those good resolves uh that's a tough part and all all your longings for what is good by god's definition uh you see that in in a lot of the psalms psalms 21 2 and 3 and Mm -hmm. psalms 3 and um 3 verse 4 um psalm 138 8 um those were some that MacArthur brought up when he was talking about the resolve. I thought, you know, well, that's very interesting. Yeah. Um, the Psalms is full of examples of wanting to live your life in a way that's pleasing right. to God. Yeah, we see that in Psalm 119 a lot. <laughs> oh yeah, I mean, we've been drilled on that. <laughs> yeah. For, you know, for yeah. a while storing now. up God's word so that we might not exactly. sin against you. Yeah. 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 And I love the transition from that, like resolve to do good works, but. Yet it's by God's power that we are able to fulfill that, and that's his. That's his next point there. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's it's by God's power. It's, yeah, it's by God's power that we can do anything. Yeah. We're, we're fulfilled by God's power. Yeah. Um, that you know may He may fulfill every resolve for good and every work of faith by His power, and that's how it's going to happen. It's not. We aren't going to be able to do it on mm-hmm. our own. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, God intends to get the glory for the fulfillment of our good resolve, and and that's what it's all about. Yeah. Um, what's in it for Him? A lot. Yeah. I mean, that's why He created us yeah. uh, to have a creature out there that He could take care of that would bring that, and that brings glory to Him. You know, it's very interesting when we talk about um, the purpose in life of a of a created being, and uh, the fact that we were actually created so that. God would have somebody that could depend on him mm. and that would give him excitement and joy and glory. Mm. Um, mm. And so obviously it's going to take his power for us to do that because, mm-hmm. because of the whole sin issue that we got into right off the bat. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. 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 I, I, I mean, these next couple points, right. He gives, he gives this living by faith and then he moves on to it, Jesus is glorified and we are glorified in him and it's all because of mm-hmm. grace. And just right. looking at this at how we are to live the Christian life, you know, we see God, we see God at work all throughout. And he he gives a gives a good breakdown of what that that looks like on on 119. So right. he 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 mentions all these ideas and, he, and then on page 119 he says, "Okay, here's here's the breakdown. Here's here's simple terms. It starts with grace." 
you know, everything starts with grace and then we build off of yep. that. Yep. And then from grace, he gives us the power. The power. Yeah. And to, to have faith, to continue to believe. Mm-hmm. Um, and then uh, to fulfill resolves, to work out our faith. And I think that that word faith there is a real key to understand that what faith is all about is a belief and an acceptance that the Holy Spirit, that God through the Holy Spirit can help us through mm-hmm. this life. Mm-hmm. And that's the only way we're going to navigate through it. Yeah. And, you know, you talk, you see every day people talk about faith. Oh, his faith was great. My faith was strong with this. And he has faith about that. Faith in what? Yeah. You know, um, yeah. The, the the saving faith of God is through through Him, and it's His Holy Spirit and faith in that that helps us to be the kind of person we yeah. were created to be. Yeah, yeah. The, thinking about faith in in Christ is different from having faith that the Mariners might actually make the playoffs this year. Yeah, I'm a faithful. Yeah, <laughs> that's not going to change my actions. It's not going to change my right who I am. I mean, I, I have a hope that they actually might do it. But that's different from Christ because oh, faith in Christ will actually transform how you live and how you talk and how you walk and and, yep. and represent Him yep. to the world. So exactly, yeah. yeah. And then it talks about resolves fulfilled, the the effect of this power, mm-hmm. and so so now we're kind of going back through and we see you know, the resolves are fulfilled through His power yeah. again, and then and then where you see that is in the works of faith. Mm-hmm. Um, because we have faith, these are the things that we do, and we have joy in doing, mm-hmm. and we strive to do. Mm-hmm. Um, and then, of course, being made worthy. And then it's interesting, the fact that, that we are actually glorified, this being made worthy of the first stage of our being fully glorified in Christ. Mm-hmm. But that's, Jesus is glorified through that. Yeah. So yeah. that's kind of interesting, Yeah. 360 there. Yeah. It's so amazing to think about that because of what what Christ has accomplished for us, that we actually get to partake in that glory. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's like seriously, <laughs> that's awesome. Yeah. That's really cool. Yeah. So what is it? I mean, what is what are these practicalities that he gives from Second Thessalonians? Um, what does this mean for our everyday life? He he jumps to that and on page 120 what is what does this mean for everyday life for christians when he talks about living by faith is is not just the grace that's got us there it's living in the grace of the future Hmm. and uh realizing that everything that's coming in the future is also by the grace of god yeah and that's kind of sometimes hard to get our arms around because um it's, it's not a one-time thing or something that happened in the past. Yeah. This is an ongoing, continuous thing for eternity, yeah. Yeah. which is kind of exciting. Yeah, yeah. it's this this idea of looking back to the cross that's looking in past grace, right? That's where Christ accomplished our salvation, our justification, redemption. It, but that should propel us forward, looking, yes. looking forward to future grace mm-hmm. and... As we move forward, yeah. His grace is going to continue to be bestowed upon us. I like you brought up First Corinthians fifteen ten. By the grace of God, I am what I am. Paul hmm. said, and this grace towards me was not in vain. On the contrary, I worked harder than any of them, though it was not. But I, but the grace of God that is with me. So grace is an active, present, transformative, obedience-enabling power. Yeah. That's a mouthful. Yeah. <laughs> 
Yeah, the way he writes is it, it's always a mouthful with Piper. <laughs> it's like, yeah, <laughs> yeah, that's beautiful. Yeah, and then a couple couple paragraphs down, actually, he he says God's grace is an ever cascading over the waterfall of the present, um, from the inexhaustible river of grace coming to us from the future. There you go. And there's this <laughs> just a mouthful. You know, and you put you put that into <laughs> today. You know, where it's hot and you're sticky and working outside. Yeah. Wouldn't it be great to stand under a nice cool waterfall? Yeah. And so in our spiritual life, we've got that cascading waterfall yeah. constantly. That's yeah. just something we need to really grab a hold of it. Yeah. And use. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, and I, I mean it's. My question for you, Rick, I guess, to go off subject a little bit, you know, how do you how do you do that with when you're going through hard times? You know, John's been preached on that a couple of weeks ago, mm-hmm. and how do we how do we hold on to that? How do we immerse ourselves in that waterfall right. of grace in those in those times? Well, obviously, part of it is is easier if you actually have a relationship with Christ. Um, Mm -hmm. If you talk to him on a daily basis, if you understand and know his word. Um, I think for me, I, I think I had a real privilege of being brought up in a Christian family. Mm. Um, And the, the joy of marrying a girl who grew up in a Christian family, um, whose both of our parents started out as ministers. Mm. Um, my father-in-law was minister for 40 years with music and education. My dad went more into Christian radio after a few years of pastorate. Mm. But it really put a base underneath me um, that I think helped avoid a lot of things that I could have gotten into that would have just maybe made for a good testimony nowadays. Sure. But, but necessarily, it's nice not to have to go through some of the things to be able to recognize them as not something you want to be a part of sure. um, before it overwhelms you. And so that, speaking in mind, it's always been um, not necessarily easy to go through tough times, but I know where to turn immediately, and I know why. Hmm. And that confidence is is what really helps. Um, when I least expected to lose a job a number of years ago, you know, my kids just both got into college and all of a sudden, oh, well, we want to go a different direction without you. Yeah. And and it's like, okay. Um, so I just expected, well, Lord, I turn around tomorrow and there should be a job for me. Yeah. Uh, no. Yeah. And so what am I learning? Uh, okay. As, as days goes on, I, I realize, I realize, I realize I need to, okay, God, teach me, you're teaching me patience. Hmm. How to wait upon the Lord. That's mm. a tough one to learn for a lot of people. Mm. And the more difficult a circumstance you're going for through, the harder it is to realize that you need to wait upon the Lord. And he has your interest in hand and he will take good care of you. Mm. And those promises are all through scripture. Yeah, And he does. Yeah. Um, what happens usually in the meantime is you realize that all the things that you really were working for, you don't need. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So it helps you, you know, as as we talk about trials, and yeah. however many times we've talked about them in this church, um, it really breaks down to the focus of God wants you to depend on Him, and if you've given your life to Christ, He is going to do whatever it takes to get you to continue to depend on Him, mm. which is what the real goal is, and mm. that's where the satisfaction is, mm. and that's what brings Him glory. Yeah. 
So God used God used common graces in your life, such as as a godly family that you grew up in, mm-hmm. and as Ruth grew up in, and use that to uh, help you exactly in those times. Yeah. Um, but using scripture, right? Like you bet. Got, got it. Music's always been a biggie to me. Yeah, and you would maybe understand that. Yeah. But um, I went to a Christian college um, because I wanted to be in a singing group that went around the United States yeah. in the summers and sang because. I, the scriptures in music yeah. is very expressive, and I sure. remember music. Of course, I grew up in Christian radio. That's what Kelly says. My dad went to Christian radio. We moved to Yakima in 1962 when I was seven years old because my dad started the Christian radio station mm-hmm. in Yakima. Um, and so I was a DJ at a Christian radio station in my high school years. I mean, that's what I did. So I was always immersed in that, and I had it around me all the time. And that, I think that is a very good advantage for a person to be able to be wrapped in that kind of stuff. Mm-hmm. And so that leaves the challenge for me as a parent to make sure my kids don't weigh from that either and have that solid bringing too. Mm-hmm. I mean, why wouldn't you want to take your kids to church, have them involved in church activities? I mm-hmm. mean, it makes life much easier for them if they understand how all that works and have that basis there. Sure. Um, sure. And then the same with grandkids. Now I've been reading a book on grand, uh, being a grandparent yeah. in the kingdom of God that I picked up at the, the, um, um, shepherd's conference. Yeah. Oh, what an outstanding book. Yeah. But, your life isn't over when you become a grandparent and you're not just to play with your kids. I mean, you're raising another kids. You're constantly wanting to help them understand what the Christian life means. And and even in the littlest things, um, have their focus in that direction. So yeah, Yeah. it's a lifelong challenge. Yeah. I, I can imagine, you know, being a grandchild, you know, my, my grandfather was, uh, was a minister and, um, just watching his reactions to things has stuck out to me. Like if we were to live this Christian life, to live it out in a godly way, we, we're going to be witnessing to other people, whether they're, we think they're watching or not. Right. And so you want to present Christ in every situation. Um, and so you want to, you want to constantly cascade yourself with scripture, immerse yourself with scripture so that you can live out the Christian life. And then that's where we get into the next being satisfied yeah. in Him. Yeah. That's where that comes into play. Yeah. And uh, um, there's some excellent things he had to say about that. Then then the thing that, that really hits home is his examples of how God fulfills our good resolves. Mm. Um, wow, there's some hard-hitting stuff there. And that was just a few examples. If you can imagine, you got per- sit down with 10 Christians, you could probably build quite a list. Yeah. But, you know... Um, if you set your heart to give sacrificially and generously, interesting. Um, if your heart returned, um, is your heart set to return good for evil? Hmm. How do we react in, in daily lives and things? Um, is your heart set to renounce pornography? Yeah. Oh, okay. No, we really took a turn here now. Yeah. It's not spiritually yeah. more it is, yeah. although it is. Yeah. Um, if you set your heart to speak for Christ when the opportunity comes, if you set your heart to, to risk your life by ministering to the needy in dangerous places. So you, you can see there's a lot of examples of how God fulfills good resolve in his people. Yeah. yeah. And so where are our resolves? Yeah. What is our, you know, what are we resolving to do? Are we resolving to stay away from the things that are not good? 
and to be the kind of person Christ wants to be. That's yeah. the daily challenge of a Christian. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, I think about I mean Piper's Piper's whole catchphrase, you know, throughout his whole ministry is God is most glorified in us when we are most satisfied in him, yeah. right? So by God's grace we are saved uh, through faith and and but what propels us forward is this satisfaction in who he is. Right. So that we can, if we are completely and totally and utterly satisfied in Christ, then we can actually set our heart to give sacrificially. Yeah. Because Christ yeah. and you gave himself sacrificially. Yeah. yeah. We can actually set aside um, pornography because Christ is better. Yeah. <laughs> He's so much better. Yeah, he and, is. And... You know, as you just mentioned, there's there's a list of things that we can we can resolve, not because we're in and of ourselves capable of doing it. It's because Christ in us helps us do that. Yeah, and, and that that's, and I think that's the big key that we see in so much of today, or the failure of people who say they're a Christian or they want to be in Christ. God is not a part of their life at all, mm-hmm. and. If you truly are a Christian who loves the Lord and and is excited about what he did for you and really is grateful for that, you're going to want to be the kind of person he wants you to be and have him in your life each and every day. Mm-hmm. I mean, what a better way to live life than to have your creator a part of your life and showing you each step of the way how yeah. to live. Yeah. Um, and then the more we accept that, then the more we get into it, of course, the closer we get to him, the easier it is for us and the more mm-hmm. satisfying it is. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah, well, friends, we uh, have enjoyed this chapter of the book. It's it's one that is good. It's challenging. Um, one that is convicting to uh, us to not only seek and save a Christ, but actually to live that out in the Christian life. And um, we hope this has been a blessing to you, uh, this book and, and this podcast, and we can encourage you to keep reading. We're only a couple chapters away. We're almost done. We see we're on the final stretch here. So, um, and I just think one final note to say about that all is when you go through life, there's things that are really burdensome to you. But if you sit back and look at your life after you've lived it for a while, you realize that things become unburdensome when you really understand them and know them. Hmm. Um, so it's not burdensome to me, the Ten Commandments, because I understand them and I know them and I don't want to abuse them. Mm-hmm. Um, so that's a that's a growing thing, but it only comes with that relationship. And the stronger that relationship is, the more satisfaction, yeah. the less of a burden. I'm sure with constant fallings and scraping the knees and mm-hmm. getting back up again and keep going. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, well, thank you, Rick. Thanks, Thank Jeremy. you. Thank you for sharing your insight and wisdom and thanks, on the Christian Thanks life. for letting Grease Monkey sit on the yeah. other side. Of the <laughs> <laughs> well, church, we love you. Uh, we look forward to being with you on Sunday and uh, next week on the Boise Valley. Have a great day.